0: Greetings. How are you today? I have got a guest for you guys and I'm really excited. This is a return engagement. She's my number one podcast guest over the years. I don't even know how many times I've had her on four or five, I think at least. And I'm going to have her introduce herself in a minute. Remind you guys that I am doing a a webinar free masterclass on the third Thursday of every month at four o'clock p.m. Eastern. You can see in the show notes where the link Is to find out more about this month's webinar and also to register. So I hope you'll take advantage of that. A lot of the people that are coming onto the webinar are doing so from the podcast. So come join us. It's totally free. All right. So today we're going to talk about relationships as it relates to a job search. So whether you are thinking about making a change in your career, whether you're in the midst of a job search, or whether you've gotten the new job there are people in your life that may not behave <laughs> in the way that you would like them to. They may not support you in the way that you would like to. And we want to talk about that. And Jane is a life coach. I'm going to let her again introduce herself, but she's a life coach who's well equipped to talk about this topic with us. And so Jane, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: I'm so happy to be back, please. So thanks for asking me back on.
0: Always return engagements are the best. <laughs> Love it. So why don't you go ahead and tell the people about you?
1: Okay, I'm Jane Springer and I am a life and relationship coach for Christian women. And basically, women who are struggling in their life or their health or relationships to finally move forward and to do something about where they are stuck. I help them with finding solutions, helping them move forward after you know being stuck and and not knowing, what's next, or how to fix the problem that they're in.
0: Excellent, Jane. Thanks so much. So let's kind of frame this topic of relationships. Why does it matter how the people in your life, whether they're family, friends, or even colleagues, why does it matter what they say or what they think or what they do around your career?
1: It matters, unfortunately, because... You take in that information, especially for from loved ones. You take in the information, and then you have thoughts that come from what they say or what they do that may negatively impact your job search. So then your thoughts may become negative or discouraged, or you wonder, you know, what am I doing? Is this really a good idea? You start having doubt. So what they are saying and their input and their actions. Do definitely affect how you approach your job search.
0: So, I'm assuming that we're not going to be talking in this session, in this episode, about how to change the people in our lives. Is that a fair statement? Correct,
1: because <laughs> that is virtually impossible.
0: All right, so what's left? So, we can change ourselves. I think that's what, what remains here, correct?
1: Correct. And, you know, the ideal is to be able to work with the people that are in your life, that you have contact with, that may know that you are, you know, looking for a new job or looking for a new career, the best case scenario would be where you could have a conversation or, you know, a serious discussion about why you're doing what you're doing so that they understand. It may not make a difference in the end about how they feel about you looking for a job, but. You know, I think that discussion or conversation is in order if you run up against someone who has negative comments or negative actions towards what you are doing in terms of your job search.
0: All right. So we're not going to try to change anybody else. We're going to have conversations. We're going to, I know we're going to talk about, you know, watching what we think about what other people are saying and what we make it mean. Let's start with the thought phase. So let's say that there are some of our listeners who may be in the phase where they're thinking about a change. And let's say, Let's say it's a pivot. Let's go with that scenario where, and I've described many a time on this podcast, a pivot. I think of it just like a pivot in basketball. You're going to keep one foot in either your industry or your job function, and you're going to pivot out of the other one. So you're not following a real linear career path. You're, you're making a change and maybe that change doesn't make sense to, let's just say your, your significant other, your partner. So help me through. You know, how do we have that conversation and how do we how do we support ourselves in that conversation if perhaps that's that significant other, that partner isn't quite as supportive, supportive as we'd like them to be.
1: The first thing I think that is important is that you yourself discover, think about, maybe write it out. Why you're doing this? Why are you going to make the pivot? What is going on for you that makes you want to pivot? Because when you end up end up having conversations or interactions with your significant other about it, you want to be strong in why you know why you have decided to to make this pivot. With relationship to your significant other, but also just for yourself, your own thinking about why do I want to do this? So I think the first thing is to think about your compelling reason. Why are you wanting to make this pivot? That's number one.
0: It's yeah. so easy to let to let other people talk us out of it when we really haven't convinced ourselves, when we're still in that waffling phase.
1: Correct that you know you won't you will not succeed if you aren't strong in your own why because when you start you know getting comments from other people maybe that are unsupportive then you're going to even waffle even more because you're going to want to please them and then you're going to wonder why you made this decision to begin with so your own compelling reason of why you're wanting to make this change is an important first step.
0: Excellent. So then what do we do?
1: Well, then we go put go into action mode. First of all, we we clear up any doubts that we have about ourselves and about this change that that you're going to make, and then decide who you want to share this information with. And let me go back a second. When you've made that decision to pivot. The first thing, and you're strong in why you want to do it, the first thing you need to do is get a good career coach. Yay. Uh, I just have to put a little plug in there for you, a career coach, to help you get started on your path. Okay, so once you have that, you've got things in motion, you've started talking about it, decide who in your inner circle are you going to share this desire with. And most probably it would be your significant other, your spouse, your partner. Hopefully you had that kind of relationship where you can share something big like this, because it may have monetary implications for your family.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a couple of things are coming up for me. And one is to be clear with career coaching, there are career coaches who focus on career decision making. So you may want that Mm -hmm. kind of a coach to help you walk through what kind of a pivot do I want to make? Here's my skill set. Here's the transferable skills I possess. What do I do with them? How can I move them? What are some dreams and goals that I've had on the back burner, maybe for years that I want to actualize now? and then there is the career coach which is kind of more what I do is okay now I've made that decision now I need to have a plan in place to get there to land the dream job what I'm what I'm wondering also is when we are in that phase of trying to decide whether we want to do this or not we need to talk to people and there may be some significant others like let's just say this this partner we want to have that conversation with them about what we're thinking Can we expect that person, that that partner, that significant other, or whomever we share this with to come along with us and kind of progress as we do to where we make a decision and this is what we want and they believe in us? Or does our early doubt and indecision cause them, does it kind of come with them? Does that make sense? Like they're still thinking about the early part of the conversation where we weren't sure. And now that we are sure they're still back there and they're pushing backwards on us because they they're remembering how indecisive we were to begin with. Does this make sense?
1: Yes. And I think that, you know, your job is to have the honest conversation with them and remind them that you aren't in the same place you were when you, you know, like had the original discussion with them that you have strong reasons why you want to make the change. And perhaps you can discuss that with them. You know, what are your whys? How might it benefit the family? How might it benefit you and your significant other in terms of time, attitude, health? It could be any number of things. And so you know, having the another serious discussion with them about the impacts on each one of you and your family and the circumstances would be in order. So yes, they could still be on the the previous train that, you know, you were doubting yourself, but this is your opportunity to talk to them seriously about your concrete reasons of why you want to make the change.
0: So let's say this partner of ours, unfortunately, just can't get on board with this new decision that we've made, this pivot that we want to make, and they're really digging their heels in. We've already said we can't change that other person. We can only work on ourselves. So how do we handle that situation for ourselves?
1: There are a number of ways that you can handle this situation. And again, we're going to go back to your own thinking about it and what you are making it mean. So if your spouse says, you'll never be able to do this, we're not going to have any money. You've tried this before and it didn't work. Those kinds of con, you know, conversations or comments, then what are you thinking as a result of what they're saying? And like, what? Are you thinking about it? And how does it make you feel? And then what action are you going to take? What action are you taking if that discouraging voice is working on you? What are you making it mean? And what will you do as a result? For some people, that discouraging remark might throw you into a tailspin where you go back into your discouraged mode again. And your thought is, well, maybe I really can't do this maybe I really shouldn't do this. And so it would be a matter of you working on your own thoughts about it to clean up what you're making their comments mean. That would be a first a first step, I think.
0: And I think, you know, we, you mentioned, so I'll, I'll piggyback on the, the career coaching piece that you brought up. I think that this phase where you're trying to make this decision can be so helpful with a career coach, because you can get very clear on your why, you know, your, your, not only your why, but maybe even your how, and While I don't suggest that you bring this concept to your significant other as a fully formed idea, it it maybe allows you to take some of the indecision out of those conversations early on, where you can just say, I want to let you know, I'm thinking about this, I'm working with a career coach, I'm taking it very seriously, I'm going to come to you, you know, when I have a a, a more concrete decision of how I want to progress and have that conversation with you, And then maybe that helps keep them from being on that original track of, oh, you were really indecided and you had all these concerns about this. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And also, I mean, just from my own perspective, my own work as a life and relationship coach, sometimes when you're in this situation, it's a good time to have a life coach because (laughs) I don't mean to promote myself. But. You know, when you're in a situation where somebody's in your relationship is not supporting your goals, maybe you need to talk to an outside person who is more objective and maybe could see both sides. So I do do that in my relationship coaching, and it does sometimes help to have, just like with a career coach, an an impartial outside person to help you to work
0: on your own thoughts yeah and really to help you understand you know your own brain because i think without the help of a life coach it can be very easy to put this onto your your partner and say he's not she's not supportive no. not doesn't love me the way there you know and we especially as women we want to make this mean something about ourselves and about our relationship and there's a lot of opportunity for growth there if we work with a coach
1: Definitely. And the bottom line is you can't control what they think, what they say about the situation. I mean, you can have conversations with them, but if you're just going around in circles about it, continuing to have that conversation probably isn't productive. But I also believe that going ahead with something you feel strongly about for your life and for your career. I mean, why not move forward with it and with a coach or whoever and just see what happens, move forward instead of staying in that space of indecision and waffling because you're worried. Mm -hmm. I think it's a I think it's a good idea to to move forward in some way, take steps.
0: Well, you know, you reminded me of a saying that's been back on my mind recently. I don't know why it came up for me in the last few days, but it's this concept that if you're not moving forward, you're actually moving backward, that there is no such thing as sort of stasis in terms of your life and your career, you know, holding the fort. And maintaining status quo isn't really what it sounds like. It really is going backwards because the the human nature and the the nature of the universe is to move forward and to progress and evolve. And if you're not doing that, you're 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 doing the opposite of it. In my opinion,
1: agree totally. Another thing you were talking about doing a pivot where you've got one foot in one area and wanting to put your other foot in the other area, it. Doesn't hurt to explore while you're got your one foot in one area. Go ahead and start exploring, you know, what are the job outlooks for various things that you've been, you know, thinking about doing, you know, do some research so that you're actually are moving forward. You're doing something to see if, you know, if what you think you want to do is viable Are other people doing it. There's all kinds of things that you can be doing to to move
0: instead of staying stuck. Okay, so now let's talk a little bit about during the job search. So you've, you've made a commitment. You've started looking for a new position. And let's just say that you have, oh, I don't know. Let's go back to the significant other. We'll, we'll pick on him again or her. And that individual is it feels like they're maybe sabotaging you. You've set some boundaries around this is my job search time. You know, this is the time when I'm going to go out and have, you know, a networking lunch with with someone every week or whatever it may be, but it's the structure that you've set up for your job search and you find that your partner is seemingly sabotaging that. Maybe not intentionally. But they're not there to, to keep the kids when you're supposed to be doing the job search or they've, you know, what in whatever way, they are not helping you in the way that you had perhaps helpfully asked for very explicitly at the outset. What do you do?
1: It is much the same. It comes to mind in my coaching practice. When I'm coaching clients for weight loss, often their spouse is not supportive And may even bring food home that you don't want to be eating and as much a temptation. And it is very necessary to set the boundary, even though you maybe you already told them you were going to go to this networking lunch. If you set a boundary, then you need to stick to it. You need to tell them, if you do this, I'm going to do this, just so they know. And but at the same time, you can do it in a loving way and just say, you know, this is this is something that's very important to me. It's would be very helpful to me if you would help me with this or support me on this. I mean, it is time to really have very good discussions about it. But I, I do think that you need to set boundaries and then stick to them.
0: So, give us an example of what that boundary setting might look like. So, so significant other we we wanted to go to a after hours chamber event where we thought we could do some really good networking. starts at six. We're at the house at five thirty ready to walk out the door, dressed ready for the thing. And significant other does not come home. And you're texting him, and he's like, "Oh, I got tied up at work. Sorry." You get that kind of response. What do you What do you do in that moment?
1: I think that you need to have a backup plan always, especially if this is happening on a regular basis, where this the significant other isn't supporting you. Have a babysitter on speed dial. You know, have a backup plan for if this happens again. Then you've got something else to cover you mm-hmm. in those circumstances.
0: So I think the subtext here is. Don't let these potential problems derail your job search. You you don't get to just ignore your job search and not do the things you've set out to do because you have a partner who hasn't been exactly cooperative. And I think you you know it comes up for me that there's there's some partners where you might think you know this is a real issue not because of the job search he's just that way or she's just that way so i'm not even maybe i'm not even going to ask them to support me in this way i'm going to take care of it totally with babysitters because i i don't want it to come in the way of our relationship and then others you you know they are very timely and they're very conscientious and you have every reason to think that they're going to pull through for you then you want to think about okay you know, do I, do I want to back up? Am I seeing this person who's always been super dependable now be less dependable. Well, there's a red flag. So I want to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, is there a mom or a mother-in-law that I can pull into this, or as you said, a babysitter on speed dial, but having some kind of a backup. But I think that there's a couple of scenarios that could be going on there where you've got, you know, partner number one is just never dependable. So don't automatically like don't expect a change. mm -hmm. You're going to be disappointed and it's going to cause a, a rift in the relationship and then if you have a partner who's normally very dependable you know is he is he or she becoming less dependable in this you know area which tells me he's got he or she has some issues about your job search
1: yeah and that's that's when you have to make sure with your partner that if you get held up at work if we've agreed on this and you you get held up at work, I'm going to make arrangements for a backup plan so that they know there's a boundary there. But the important thing is to keep it. Otherwise, the the thing will just keep repeating itself.
0: So the boundary isn't, you know, if you don't come home and watch these kids, it's going to be a really long time before, you know, you you and I become Intimate or something like that. It's not it's not a punishment. It's just saying, here's what I need from you. You've agreed to it here now. So if this doesn't happen, I just want to let you know, I'm going to have a a, you know, I'm going to have your mom on speed dial or I'm going to. Mm You know, in some cases, it may be like, if you're not home by such and such time, I'm going to bring the kid to you and drop it off on my way to the thing. Right. So just making it very clear, this is what will happen. But it's not a form of punishment.
1: Not at all. That is exactly how I would describe it, is that it's not punishment. It's just being clear about the boundary and then following through with it. It's not a punishment. It's not because you're angry. It's not, you know, something that has to negatively impact your relationship. It's just if this happens, this is what I'm going to do.
0: Mm hmm. And hopefully this keeps it from negatively impacting your relationship. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I think there's also during the job search, there's this issue with Knowing who you can talk to in your in your circle of friends and family because they will be supportive and encouraging, maybe they're not experts in job search and they don't know how to help you, but they are encouraging you versus those negative Nancys in your life that you probably need to avoid like the plague when you're trying to accomplish something like this. Is that a fair statement? Totally. that is
1: very important. You need to know who you're Supporters are people that you can talk to who will listen, who are supportive. They might give you some honest feedback, which is what we want, but are not people are going to constantly try and discourage you. And so it you could should be, have that group, you know, yeah.
0: in mind for sure. Yeah. And and it can also be in the form of like a job search group. So it might not even be people that you knew prior to this, but these are people who are all in the same boat. And whenever I talk about this on the podcast or with my clients, I always say, I give the caveat that this needs to be a positive group working on the same thing. It doesn't need to be, pardon the expression, a bitch group where they're just getting together to complain about their job search. That is not useful. But having that circle of people that you can trust and that you can open up to, I think, is so, so important, as is rewarding yourself. And I've talked about this ad nauseum, I think, but giving yourself those daily or at minimum weekly rewards for following through on the job search activities that you set out to do. So it's another way of having your own back during this time and and being supportive of yourself.
1: Agree totally. The you know for myself, I've been in masterminds before where there are like-minded people who may have the same general you know like business building, for instance, and we all support each other and and input great ideas. So I I, I totally agree with your idea of having a circle of not just friends but colleagues, people that you can talk over your. Plans and your ideas with who will be supportive. And also the supporting yourself. I mean, none of this, I think, will work very well if you aren't supporting yourself along the way in terms of your health, you know, getting maybe some exercise, getting some outside time. What is it that you enjoy doing? You know, all kinds of ways, you know, at the end of the week or at a certain day of the week that you will reward yourself. Give yourself the pat on the back and maybe relax and do what you enjoy doing It's very positive reinforcement for, you know, your your job search and your life, really.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So the next phase, I think, is where we get the new job and we maybe we've landed in a higher position. And there are some people in our lives who and I I have personally experienced this where I moved up the next level. And there was in particular one woman who, frankly, was a secretary in the office. And as soon as I became a director and I was not her boss, I was I was next door. I had moved from being in her office as a coordinator to next door running my own office. She didn't want anything to do with me. She was passive aggressive. She was rude. How do we think about these people in our lives who maybe aren't ready or willing to follow us to this new place in our career?
1: Again, I think that we need to set our boundaries. If this Person is not going to be supportive or even just work congenially with you, then I think you need to set boundaries about in what circumstances will you come in contact with them, will you deal with them, will you consult with them, because that kind of input and that kind of influence is never productive. So I would set limits on the amount of time that you're around the people who are not supportive.
0: And I like the concept, and and we both know the coach that talks about this, Jane, but the idea that sometimes relationships are just completed. and i I love the the expression that, you know, some some people come into your life for a reason. Some people come into your life for a season, and some people come into your life to stay. And I think it's so important to, evaluate relationships and think maybe that season is over. Maybe that reason we were together is over and it's time to move on. And it's not about or it doesn't have to be and shouldn't be about anger or hurt, but rather this relationship doesn't serve me anymore. I'm going to move on from this and recognizing that it's not anything we've done, but there are people who will just be, for whatever reason, uncomfortable with our new level of success they will be they will make it mean something about them or they will they will make it mean something about how we're going to be different people now and they don't want to be around us it doesn't have anything to do with us it's totally on them
1: i agree that can totally happen and has happened to me and i i think it's healthy i think it's healthy to you know set a limit and you know if if it turns out that that relationship is complete and we just move on. Being around people who are not supporting us or who we just don't have anything in common with anymore or just have a negative energy doesn't, you know, doesn't really have any any place in our life, I think. So I think that that your description is very, very good.
0: And I also like to think of it in terms of the fact that we all have a limited number of time for relationships, whether we're, you know, just entertaining those relationships at work or whether they come into our personal lives. And if we just keep collecting people and collecting people and we never, you know, do a house cleaning, so to speak, we never take, take any of those relationships off to the goodwill, then we just become very packed and almost hoardy horde e with our relationships. And so I think that when we complete a relationship, what we're saying, I think, energetically is, I'm open to a new relationship that will serve me better at this phase of my life. So we're sort of making space.
1: Yes, I think that's a great idea. And it opens up all kinds of possibilities, you know, new groups that you might join, new Co workers that you might want to get to know, you know, and ask to lunch or meet after work or, you know, in your former capacity that maybe you didn't have the opportunity to interact with. So it opens up all kinds of opportunities for new relationships.
0: So I think the bottom line here is, as I hear it, is we have this. We have this opportunity to advocate for ourselves and that especially as women, that is not something we are cultured to do. We we acquiesce to the people in our lives that we love. And this is your chance to make a decision about yourself. Have your own back about that decision. Set boundaries around what is okay and not okay in terms of behavior with the people in your life and and what you will do, not as punishment, but what you will do to continue to stand up and advocate for yourself when maybe their behavior is less than less than ideal. And I think it's also a tremendous opportunity to get to know yourself better and to have a better relationship with yourself at the end of this. To, again, advocate for yourself, be aware of what you're making other people's behavior mean about you. And it doesn't mean anything. It's 100% about them. And really, just watching your brain and how you are processing what's happening with the relationships in your life during all of these phases of the job search.
1: I totally agree. And it will give you a great opportunity to work on your brain. That is for sure, because you're going to have input from other people. You're going to be doing a lot of internal work on yourself during this whole process. And so, it's a great opportunity for growth and just learning more about yourself and opportunities to, in your new capacity, hopefully hopefully you've moved into your new pivot. You know, now you've got new ways to use your brain to be successful in your new endeavor. Yeah,
0: I kind of got this vision of It's like a big mental, this whole process is like a big mental workout, right? So when you get to this new position, you're so much stronger and fitter than you were going into the process. I think that's... I mean we can make a I think we can make a blanket statement that that's the purpose of every challenge of any sort that we put a, a, a put to ourselves throughout our life whether it's career related or personal or physical or you know whatever it is those challenges are what you know what's the expression that which does not kill me makes me stronger and I I love that saying so much so we are really strengthening ourselves in many different ways as we work through this and work through what our mind wants to believe and how our brain wants us to stay safe and wants to keep us out of the, you know, the, uh, keep us in the cave. And we get that chance to override all of those primitive beliefs and primitive brain thoughts to get where we want to go in our, in our lives and in our careers.
1: I agree with you. I think it's a great opportunity to evolve into a new person with new desires, new challenges. We're all on a journey and we're all learning as we go. So this looking for a job or, and, and getting a new job, it's all part of the journey and it's all part of learning, you know, more about yourself and, and supporting yourself and having your own back. So I think it's a
0: great, it's a great journey to be on. Absolutely. And I I deal with these kind of situations every day. I do definitely see the women struggling more with all of the things that we've talked about in this episode, more so than the guys. And so women, I, I want you to know that Jane and I are here for you in terms of helping you to to navigate this process. So Jane, why don't you tell the folks how they can find you? Okay, I'd be happy
1: to. And thank you again for having me on. They can find me at my website, which is janespringer.com. They can find me on Facebook, Jane Springer Coach. And they can find me on Instagram. I think I'm under Springer underscore Jane. But Lisa, I have a couple of cool presents for your listeners. Yay,
0: they love presents. Tell us everything.
1: Free free presents. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I have two actually. At janespringer.com forward slash gift, I have seven faith-filled steps to reaching your ideal weight because I do a lot of work with weight loss with ladies who are kind of stuck in the weight loss process. And I also have, you'll love this one, Janespringer.com forward slash love quiz. This is for women who are thinking about getting into the dating game and try to determine this is your quiz. You know, are you ready? Are you ready for love? So I have two fun things that you can access. Janespringer.com forward slash gift and also forward slash love quiz.
0: And thanks again for having me on. Oh, My pleasure. So one thing I want to clarify for the audience. So if someone listening wants to reach out to you, but they're not particularly faith based, they don't maybe attend church on a regular basis, will you still speak with them?
1: Absolutely. I have lots of clients who are not Christian. So yes, I, I welcome anyone who are having life challenges, who just feel stuck, you know, whether it has to do with their health, whether it has to do with you know relationships whether it has to do with just moving forward I've gone through many of these changes that we're talking about even we talked about today so I'm I'm happy to work with anyone and I have a free you can have a free consultation call with me and and we'll talk about you know what your challenges are and and how I might possibly help them
0: Well, I am a huge advocate of life coaching. I often jokingly say I'm not a life coach and I don't play one on television, but I am a certified business. I'm an executive and leadership development coach, and I am a student of life coaching, both in the sense of consuming life coaching strategies and concepts and all of that, but also being coached by life coaches, including Jane, who's fantastic at it. And it has made all of the difference in the world. And I have found that it has been a beautiful complement to the coaching tools and, and strategies that I brought into my coaching certification. And I, I kind of bridge the gap between life coaching and, and business coaching and career coaching and I, in a way that serves each client to the best ability. So and I have
1: done the same. You're welcome. And you have been a great help to me in my business and life in general. So I think that life coaching and career coaching, relationship coaching is invaluable.
0: Absolutely invaluable. I think everyone should have one. And, you know, to me, it's It's just as important as going to the dentist or, I don't know, getting, getting new walking shoes every, they say to get them done every six months. I don't, I don't do that. I don't know if you do.
1: I don't either, but, but it is good to have a fresh outlook and a fresh someone to bounce things off of.
0: And a fresh set of walking shoes every once in a while. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you again, Jane, and you all check out Jane, grab her gifts that she's mentioned. That information will be in the show notes, and I will see you guys next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast